listening to the best of IC Robots Radio. Hello all, this is Ed in the place to be. This week we have an amazing collection of things from the mind of IC Robots. He truly is a brilliant creative. I think that is something that we could all agree on. If you can't, turn this off now. No haters allowed. This is a zone of love and creativity. Love and creativity are the hallmarks of any IC Robots creation. I think that is a known fact. If you don't like that I have two words for you. Shut, Shut up. up. Oh. Okay. Enough of that. Let's start the show. First up is a bit from Stuck at Home Show 33 where I see Robots talks about the Wrangler action figure and Mayor Jane. Burn of Chicago. The quarantine was such a weird time and it seems like so long ago but I see Robots was there with you two or three times a week. I don't use the word hero lightly but I think I see Robots might have been the biggest hero of all. Let's hear what he had to say on July 17, 2020. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. Wait, that's... That's not it either. This is me, Icy Robots, and we're back again for another super exciting episode of the uh, Stuck at Home Show. The show where, like, we're going to take those sad moves, we're going to turn them into glad moves, we're going to talk about stuff, going to have a good time, going to gonna just be together, spend a nice half hour of just, you know, nice... Nice time with a friend. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. Let's uh. Let's get the jump off jumping though. Oh, excuse me. I have. I was sucking on a dum dum earlier, and uh, the stick was just stuck on my shorts, and I didn't even know. I uh. I sat it on my desk when I was doing something, and I must have um. I must have bumped into it. I'm so gross. Do you guys find yourself being like much grosser now that you're stuck in the house? A lot of the times, I myself, I definitely am. I've gotten to the point where like, if I know. That it's like a workout day. Like, I have, like, these three a week, so I'll do... If I know it's, like, a workout day, I'll often just stay in the shirt I slept in. Because I know I'm going to, like, sweat it up, and I'm going to scum it up. So, like, why why bother putting on a new shirt? I don't know. But uh, that's that's gross, and it's something I wouldn't have done before, but I, I definitely do now. At, at, at any rate, uh, let's hope your hygiene's not slipping, like your dude here. Because I'm, I'm, I'm starting to slip. I need a, I need a haircut. I'm going to have to get the wife to give me a haircut. I need to shave the beard. I probably need some deodorant. It's early in the morning, though. I'm doing this, like... I'm doing this right now, like, right from the jump. You gotta take the time when the time um, is available. If if you recall, uh, on, on last week's episode, I was talking about how I lost or dropped. I will find it. I dropped the gun that, uh, that I ordered special for my, my shipwreck. My G.I. Joe shipwreck. Well, I, I've been tearing that uh that corner of the office up. There's like a few different toy shelves and there's like various shelves with different things on them. And I've been like, I've been tearing that area up because I'm I'm like super determined at this point to find to find this weapon. But I I have yet to do so. But I did find something that has been missing for a long time, and it's something that I I would have said. I never would have lost. I never would have had gone for my sight, but for a long time it was. And I am speaking of an action figure of the Wrangler. This might be, it's possible that this is my favorite action figure of like all my entire collection. It's its put out by the company, Wrangler Jeans. And at one point they jumped into the, uh, into the toy game with a set of, I think it was four different figures, but this one here is the one that I like the most. He is a... Uh, He's supposed to be like a cowpoke. He has a little cowboy hat, little mustache, denim, denim jacket, denim pants. He's going full Canadian tuxedo. But uh, what makes him so dope is that he looks a lot like Burt Reynolds. Like, for real. This could be like a Smokey and the Bandit 
action figure. And I, I have over the years like pretended that that's what it was. But it is in fact, it is in fact a toy put out by the the company Wrangler Jeans. Remember, remember when like they had that slogan, uh, Wrangler butts drive me nuts. Now I've always I've always wondered. Do you think that that was something promoted by the company, like in a like a guerrilla fashion? Like, they came out with it, but they didn't, like, officially endorse it. They just, like, set it out there into the world. Or do you think that, like, this was some clever piece of marketing made up by by some random bootleg, like, bumper sticker seller? And it turned out... Can you, uh, can you hear that? That's, um, that's Dr. Jones. I think the mailman is here. I apologize for that. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna leave that in. But, uh, Wrangler butts drive me nuts. Even to this day. The figure... The figure's pretty dope. He has, uh, one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's like he's like a GI Joe as far as articulation. Like he doesn't have he doesn't have a rotating wrist, but he has like knees, elbows, shoulders, head, and stuff. And he's he's on the same scale as a Joe. This dude could very easily jump into the uh, GI Joe universe. And I know if I had this guy back in the day, you were gonna see uh, the Bandit like driving the Aw Striker or something and and, and assisting. And assisting G.I. Joe fight, uh, fight Cobra. This guy, this guy's so great. I, I've used a picture of his face as my icon on my Google account for, like, for years. I also think it's the icon for, like, my personal, like, YouTube account where I watch, like, wrestling and stuff. It's, a, it's a picture of his head. So I, I was really happy to find him. I found him, like, I have a shelf on the bottom and it has, like, three things, like, three boxed things. There's, like... There's, like, one of those G.I. Joe Creos that I've never put together. And then, like, a crossbow and catapult game. And then there's, like, there's, like, a boxed Bucky O'Hare uh, toy kit. Let me... Hold on. I'm going to roll over there and I'm going to get this Bucky O'Hare. Hold on one sec. Um, I am back. It is the Bucky O'Hare Toad Croaker featuring a toad croaking sound. I got this... I got this at the dig. It was just like in the piles of stuff. It's sealed. I've never, I've never opened it up. I've never really looked at it that closely. I don't really have like that strong of an attachment to it. I'm not like, I'm not Mr. Bucky O'Hare, but it's cool. And I'm glad I was uh, able to save it. I do, I do have like a small bit of a connection to these Wrangler figures though. When I, when I was younger, my grandmother lived in uh, Tennessee. And we would go visit her over the summer and, and during other vacations. And there was like, there was this store right over the Kentucky border called Crow's. I think it was called Crow's. And my mom, for whatever reason, like really liked the store. So every time we would, we would go to a Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee, we'd hop over the Kentucky border and visit Crow's. If I remember right, it was like, it looked like a barn, right? It had like this whole like western motif, like it, like it was a barn, and they they sold Wranglers and clothes and and things like that. I I don't know if it was like the prices were really good or whatever, but a lot of times we would pick up like my school stuff there while we were in, in Kentucky. Like we'd go visit, hit up the Crows, buy all my jeans and everything. It was it was fine. I would mostly like just like sit sit and wait while my mom and my aunt shopped around crows. But at one time, I remember there were definitely action figures in the Wrangler uh, jean section that I that I spent time looking at. I don't, I don't remember, like, a lot of the details, but I do definitely remember, like, seeing that and thinking that it was weird that a jean company launched a line of action figures. They came out, they came out in 1983, 
They were officially put out by Ertl. And there were four figures in this set. There's the Wrangler that I have right here. And he came with a dog. And then there was Luke. And Luke's gimmick was that he's like a rodeo, like a bull, red and kind of dude. And he has like a uh, like a vest and also like a safety vest. You know, they were like those, those safety vests. And then he has like one with like his number on it. Then there's another one called Cattleman Cody. And he has uh, his accessories are like a camping kit, it looks like. Because he's like, he's out there on the range doing whatever. And then, then they made a gal. Her name was Missy. And she wears a pink shirt. And has a guitar. I looked these up on uh, eBay. You can you can pick up like carded versions of these figures for like thirty or forty dollars, which is which is nice. You can't beat that. That's pretty good. I would I would consider going into it. But the thing is, if I got them, I'd want to open them because I think that the figures are actually kind of neat. This one here is really dope. The uh, he has nice details in the face. He has a cool mustache. This guy this guy is one hundred percent Reynolds from the movie. He has to be. There's no there's no if ands about it. Let's uh let's just go on the Googs really quick. I want to see a picture of the bandit from the movie. Let's see. Bandit Bert. We'll see if that uh that gives us what we want. We'll see what the first image is. There is Bandit Bert. And Bandit Bert in this picture is wearing a red shirt. Like the Wrangler is wearing now. I don't think any time in the movie he wears a denim jacket like the uh like the Wrangler. I think he has like he has a red jacket as well, and the Wrangler is wearing a blue jacket, but dude, come on. This is Bert. This is Bert. Take a look at the icon for this episode and tell me that it's not Bert Reynolds. I I have such memories of this store, Crows, like being in there. It was fully like barn style with like a vaulted ceiling, and they had like all kinds of like country and western kind of stuff like up in the rafters as decorations. We would go there like all the time. I, I would get these... uh. They would sell, like, these small, like, plastic bags full of yellow gum that they said were, like, bags of gold. And if I was good, I could get a bag of gold from Crows. One time at Crows, they actually had a video game. It was, uh, was it Crazy Climber? Which is, uh, I think that my guy Vic Sage has done an episode of the, uh, Diary of an Arcade employee podcast about Crazy Climber. So go, go look that up. But I, I spent, like, an afternoon there playing uh, the game while my while my mom looked for uh, jeans for me, probably jeans for my little bro, probably cowboy boots. I I wore cowboy boots for like numerous years as a kid. I had this one pair of like brown cowboy boots that I would like I would totally rock. I wonder wonder what was up with that. I wonder if they came from crows. I I had these brown boots that I would wear for like ever and a day. I wore them like all through early elementary school, Illinois, and then, like, a few years in California. But, like, the dudes in California quickly let me know that cowboy boots were not dope. Back in Illinois, guys thought these were cool because it was, like, we were more, like, childlike back in Illinois. Definitely, like, had a, a younger mindset and, like, the idea of looking like a cowboy was, like, really, really cool. But when I when I moved here to uh, Santa Rosa, the, the kids were more, like, they were more, like, upper crust. You know, they were wearing, like, IZOD shirts with, like, sweaters tied around their shoulders and stuff like that. And, like, I'm wearing, like, Wrangler bootcut jeans and, like, cowboy boots and, like, a T-shirt that says, Elect Mayor Jane Byrne, which was, which was, like, this hot political race in Chicago. Breakdown. Fact. The city has gone from letting to solid ground. Fact. We're reducing taxes this year. Fact. We're increasing police and improving services. Fact. We're reducing taxes this year. Fact. The city has gone from Reading to solid ground. Fact. I guess it's just easier for my opponents to attack Jane Byrne. 
and to attack the fact. Fact. My uncle worked for the Jane Byrne campaign, and he got me like a whole grip. Fact. of Mayor Jane Byrne t-shirts and I like I rocked those for many years Fact. in Illinois like in, in California rather once we hit oh, I rocked them in Illinois and in California I have one uh, school picture I think it's like my fifth grade picture and we're in a hat a Mayor Jane Byrne hat big shout out to Mayor Jane Byrne let's uh let's take a quick peek at this Wrangler commercial real quick and we'll be right back here comes Wrangler and he's one tough customer he's Hard to beat when he takes his seat, yeah. And when he says jeans, he means Wrangler. Wrangler style shows its stuff. Good looking when the action's tough. Here comes Wrangler, and he's one tough customer, and he knows what he likes when he sees it. Wow, that was amazing. I for one know that I would not have survived the pandemic without IC robots. I for sure would have jumped off a cliff or swam out into the sea never to return. Good thing he was here. Up next is a bit from the IC robots show called The Summer of Fitness. It was a precursor to We Built, this city on getting swole. IC robots just wants you to lead long healthy lives. Let's take a listen. It's the summer of fitness, your time to shine. Let's go outside and exercise. We will walk and we will ride a bike. It's the summer of fitness. As far as I'm concerned, the summer of fitness has been a great success. We've all got out there. We've all taken some walks. We've taken some runs. We've ridden our bike. We've done some pull-ups. We've done some weights. We've done all kinds of all kinds of cool things to help get our bodies into shape. That's always that's always a laudable goal, man. It's, um, the importance of physical fitness cannot be cannot be stressed enough. I myself, I really ramped up the bike riding over the summer of fitness. I like to go out a few times a week, and I've been hitting those hills hard. I've been doing it. I've been doing it up. My feet are killing me. My calves are killing me. My body's aching. But it's all it's all worth it. No pain, no gain. You know what do they say? Uh, pain is weakness leaving your body. And I'll tell you, man, a lot of weakness must have been leaving my body. But it has all been worthwhile. I went down a pant size, and I'm very pleased about that. Not that uh not that I wear like uh, you know, the biggest pants in the world, but I did go down a size. That to me was an incredible success. I'm very, very happy about that. It's always nice to have your clothes fit a little better. You know, that's uh that's always great. I got I got a lot of active participants in the physical fitness, and I was I was really happy about that. I can't tell you, man. I put these, I try to put these positive thoughts out there, and it's really great for me to hear that uh, people grab a hold of them, that people take them to heart, that people enjoy them. Let's uh, let's get the final summer of fitness shoutouts going. You know, it's it's sad to see it end, but uh, it was worthwhile while it was going. My man Esqualito sent me a pic. Homeboy's looking jacked. Homeboy's looking great. He's in the gym pumping iron. I gotta, I gotta give it up. What did he say to me? That was, uh, that was a good one. It was a quote from uh, Arnold. Good old uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger, the former governor of California, the former governor of my home state. He said, he said something to the effect of, you could either make gains or you can make excuses. I choose to make gains. I do too, man. I choose to make those gains. Excuses get you. They get you nowhere. My man tapes from the crypt. He messaged me and he told me he can do more chin-ups now than he ever could before, and I think that's amazing. Chin-ups are hard. I I am no good at, at uh, chin-ups. Even at my most fit, 
even at my lightest, I have never been able to punch out more than a couple. I got, I got really long arms. I'm really long limb, long arms and long legs. And anything that involves like pushing or pulling the length of my arms gives me, gives me fits. Push-ups, the bench press. The bench press has never been my preferred uh, lift. I, I'm just like, I'm pushing the weight a mile, you know? I'm just like, oh, I'm pushing it all the way to the roof of the gym. It's too far. But uh, I got to give it up to my dude, man. That's, that's impressive. I'm really proud of you for taking part. My homie NyQuil, this is a dude I've known for a long time. He told me he's been walking to work every day and that he's been skating. And I think that's great. My man Javier from Classic Wrestling Stars on Facebook. He's been walking. He's been walking stairs. He's been parking at the other end of the parking lot and he's been walking. My dude, Gino Vega. You know, you know him. We all know and love Gino Vega. He told me he was out for a walk doing a summer of fitness and he was passing through these two warehouses when all of a sudden, like, a bunch of dudes came running at him, carrying, like, sacks over his head. He's like, I don't know how they do, uh, they do work at this warehouse, but that's pretty weird. But then he realized they were all a bunch of CrossFit dudes, and that, uh, that's what they were doing, carrying big bags of pinto beans back and forth across Napa. That's wild, but I, I appreciate dude reaching out. My man Charles, he's been taking walks at the beginning and the end of every day. I gotta give it up. All you guys, let's keep it up. Even though the summer fitness is over, that does not mean that fitness has to end. You can keep going. You can keep adding to those gains. You can keep doing it every single day. If you want to reach out, you want to reach out, you want to contact me, I'll shout you out. I am happy to help anybody achieve some fitness goals, man. That's, uh, that's important. And for those of you who didn't take part, it's never too late. It is never too late. Put down the video game controller for a while. Put down the TV controller for a while. Put down that bag of chips. Put it down. Just put it down and you can go. You can take a walk. You can take a run. You can do whatever to get started. Start small. Take a small walk. Then take a little bit of a longer walk. Then take a bit of a longer walk. Then start doing some push-ups. Then start doing some jumping jacks. You start small and then you go from there. But don't give up. It is never, ever too late. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how heavy you are. It's never too late. It's never too late to turn over a new leaf. Remember that. It's important. So with all that said, that's it, man. Summer of fitness is over. Everyone's a winner. It's been great. While while we're still on the, you know, the topic of uh, shout outs and things of that sort, I got, um, I got a neat message from my dude Charles who we talked about a minute ago. When we we last spoke, I did an episode on accidental collections. Those weird collections of things you wind up with that you're just like, how did, how did I get this? Where did it come from? What's the deal with this? And he, he sent me a couple pics of his accidental collection. One was of these, um, these small little figurines. I'm not, I'm not sure what they're called. I can't recall off the top of my head, but he had like a bazillion of these. I, I get a little stressed out when I see these collection of like, um, these small little things. Cause I'm like, how do you dust? It drives me it drives me crazy on my things when I have like these tightly packed little uh, little areas set up and then I got to move them all and dust and then move them back. But then he also he also had a collection that I, I wanted to talk about for a sec. He had a whole shelf full of green toys. And I'm like, homie, I understand. I have a whole shelf in the living room full of like red things. Just weird red things that I have found over the years. Some of the things that are on my shelf of the red things are um, two small He-Man heads. I have Stratos' head, and then I have another one. I have, like, a whole bunch of little red cowboy figurines. I have this milk glass mug with, like, these red cowboys on. So I I got pretty stoked when I saw a whole shelf full of green things. I'm like, I get it. 
I get it, dude. Thanks for thanks for sending that to me. I really um I appreciate that. This this past week when I was at the movie theater, when we went to see uh 47 meters down, I bumped into my homie Chris. My homie Chris is the manager of the uh, downtown theater. I I was chatting with him for a second. I said, "Hey, do you think I could see the booth sometime? The booth is where the uh, the cameras are, the projectors are. I have not been in the booth of a cinema like in many." Many, many years. When I first started working at UA6 downtown, you had to pass through the booth to get to the employee changing area. But, like, over the years, they made it so that, like, no employees were ever allowed in the booth. So, like, one day, this this thing that was, like, one of the greatest things that I would do every day. I loved going through the booth. Nothing, nothing compares to walking through this dark room with the sound of the projectors whirring and the lights. It was just... It was just so great. One day it was taken away and I was I was bummed. The whole uh, theater experience really went downhill from there and I hadn't I hadn't been in a booth in years and I was curious how the technology has changed, what things were like. So I asked him if he if he wouldn't mind letting me see and he's like, "Yeah, let's go." So we got in the elevator and there's there's like a key. You have to put a key in to go to the floor of the booth and we we went in there and it was it was pretty cool. The ceiling was maybe like six foot one or six foot two. If I would have, if I would have jumped up, I think I could have like put a dent with the top of my head. Not even like a high jump, just like a a quick jump up. I could have knocked one of the acoustic tiles right off. But um, what was up there that was kind of cool was they have one like centralized server with all the movies that they're playing on it, right? And then every individual projector is hooked up by a wire to this um, centralized projector. And he was telling me how, like, every day they get an update of, like, new movies they can download. They subscribe to some kind of a service, and it sends the movies they're going to show right to this thing, and then you can just download them and start playing them that day. When I was in the theater game, we would get these deliveries of um, giant, giant, giant reels. Like, once or twice a week, and then those were the uh, movies, and you'd have to, like, splice them, splice in the trailers. Nowadays, it's all, it's all like a, it's kind of like a Windows Media Player playlist. You could see how each item that they would play before the movie starts, you know, like the uh, commercial for the cult cinema, the commercial for going to get popcorn, the Pepsi commercial, all that stuff. They're all like a playlist all the way down until when the movie starts. It's all automated. That, that is understandable, but it also made me sad because... Back when I was in it, I hate to say back when I was in it, but back when I was in it, there was a projectionist. There was this guy, Jason, who lived up in the booth, and he was there starting and stopping all the movies. He was there pulling the switch to switch the reels. And I get it, man. Times move forward. This is this is like a way more advanced, probably a way, way more efficient system. He's telling me, like, remember back when we were in the theater? There I said it again. Remember back when we were there? How, like, sometimes you'd be up in the booth, and you would see how there's nobody in the theater... So you wouldn't even start the movie. You wouldn't even play until somebody showed up. He's like, now it's just all automated. At one point, the wife was the manager of the theater. And me and a homie of mine, my homie uh, Devil T, we were going to go see Johnny Mnemonic. And uh, we were we were running late. We thought we had a ride, but we ended up having to walk. So I called her up and I'm like, can you delay it? Can you delay Johnny Mnemonic till we get there? And she's like, yeah, I don't care. So the movie started like 25 minutes late. I felt bad for the people who were there, but I felt really great for me. Things like that are impossible, though, nowadays. It was it was like a pretty cool trip. If you know somebody who works at the theater, if you know somebody who can get you up there, go in the booth. They have like these neat little windows. The camera's, you know, going out one window. 
And then they have, like, windows next to it so that you can, like, look down in the uh, theater and see what's going on just in case. You know, maybe, like, if you have to adjust focus or whatever. And I, I got to be up there for, like, you know, we were up there for, like, a good 20 minutes, half an hour. And I got to watch, like, Lion King through the window there. I'll tell you, best seat in the house. It was great. If you ever get the chance, go check out the booth. Wow, that was interesting. I have never been to the projection booth of a theater. Well, not since the switched over from film to digital anyway. I used to actually work as a projectionist at the old Cottingtown Cinema. It was an undercover job. I was doing an expose on movie theater popcorn and if they used real butter or not. They don't. Let's take a quick break and hear from show sponsor, Johnny Coins. Hello bags, of mostly water, it is me, Hollywood celeb Johnny, five from the classic Hollywood movies, Short Circuit and Short Circuit number two. I am here today to tell you about the latest hip thing. It is called cryptocurrency. I am sure you haven't heard of it. It is a money that is only on the internet and is very cool and cutting edge. While this may seem confusing, Trust me it is really great and something you should come to believe in. My crypto is called Johnny Coins. It will sell at a starting point of $1 a coin but will be worth Slow it down. at least $1,000 by the end of the day. I promise. Big shout out to Johnny Coins. Currently valued at less than the cost of a MC Cirque rookie card. Up next we are going to take a listen to IC Robots talking about his time at a laser tag arena known as QZAR from this boring life December 2016. I know you guys can't wait to get in the arena and start playing, but it's important that you listen to this briefing video first. If the Game Master hears anyone talking during the briefing, we'll have to stop the briefing and start it over. So please, pay attention and stay quiet. When you enter the vesting room, you'll see three rows of packs. Choose a pack that is the color of the team you'll be playing on. Stand by for your equipment briefing. Take your vest from the rack and get ready to play. Pull the trigger to check out the code name on the back of the phaser. Remember your code name. This is how you'll check your score after the game is over. Now here's how to use the two-handed phaser. To score points and win the battle, tag your opponent in one of the following six places. The phaser, the front of the vest, the two front shoulders, and the back of the vest. If you get tagged in the front or the back, you'll be shut down for 10 seconds. You'll also be deactivated for 10 seconds if you are hit three times in a row on your phaser or your shoulders. All right, Chief, ready for the briefing. Shoot at any player that is a different color than you. Each team also has a colored base. You can score a lot of points by firing at the other two teams' bases and destroying the base. Remember, it's important that you work as a team to help defend your base. These are the things you cannot do. You cannot run. You cannot climb on structures. No physical contact. Or else. No lying down. Also, no profanity. Holy or bad language. Obey your game master's warnings and instructions at all times. Their job is to keep you safe and to keep the game fair for all players. Warning, play in our arena is at your own risk. 
you are responsible for your safety. We cannot accept liability for your injuries. When time is up, your pack will announce the end of the game. Game over. Please proceed to exit. All right, that's it. Remember your briefing and ask a game master if you have any questions. Play fair and use teamwork. And above all, have lots of fun. All right, we are back. When I was at QZAR, we didn't have training videos like that. As a marshal, it was your job to go over the rules and to tell everybody everything they needed to know about QZAR. Uh, I think the speech was like a four or five minute deal at points. You'd have to really go over it with some of the groups. You know, you got to make sure people didn't push, people didn't poke and whatever. But uh, that was part of the gig, man, part of the grind. I worked with a lot of interesting people at QZAR and one that really comes to mind when I think about that place was this guy named Tim. Tim drove a Chevelle, had a mustache, had uh, long black hair, and amongst other things, Tim was a, uh, he was a ranked paintball player. I didn't even know that they did rankings, but paintball was pretty popular at the time, and dude was a uh, top-rated player. He once told me that if America had an Olympic paintball team, he would definitely be on it. He was on a team, I think they were called the Iron Men. I don't remember. One time I was over at Tim's house hanging out and uh, I saw a paintball magazine on it. So I started flipping through it. And then like a few pages in, there was an ad where he had uh, sponsored something. And then later in the magazine, there was just another picture of him having sponsored something. Now, it couldn't have paid that great to be a sponsored paintball player because he was working the night shift with me at QZAR, but... I think that maybe dude's killer instinct led him to the laser tag arena. He He's probably like a natural born hunter killer kind of dude and he can't control it. So the, the outlet he finds is paintball and maybe it got even, even too extreme for that. So he had to move into the laser tag and live his life making fake kills. I don't know, but he was a super great dude. I miss seeing that guy. He was also another guy... That was down with me on the local bulletin board scene. I was into the BBS scene, and his name was, uh, if I recall correctly, the Gamester. And he was—he would always be one of the dudes that dominated all of the local text games that you would play in the BBS. The one that we were really into, and the B- this is just a side note, but I got you know I got some time, so I'm just gonna take this side glide to the side here with this. Uh, the game that we were into was this game where you would deal drugs. Um, you would, it, it was more or less like you would price things, buy things at a price, sell them at a higher price, and you had to organize your troops, and you had to organize your territory, and you would get four or five turns per day, and you would make your turns. Your turns would either be like, deal some drugs and make some money, or move some spaces, or try to gather more troops, things like that. I do not remember the exact details. We actually met up with the guy that ran the bulletin board that did the game. Uh, I don't remember. Was it maybe the Huntsman's Den? I do not recall, but uh, the Huntsman's Den seems correct. We met up with the Huntsman over in a uh, Denny's in Petaluma. The, at, at the time, my town had outlawed smoking in restaurants. This was before everybody outlawed smoking in restaurants. But uh, there was a restaurant in Petaluma that still let people smoke cigarettes, so everybody liked to go there. It was... Uh, a real booming, booming place for a while. But we met the, uh, we met the Huntsman's there and we registered the game. We gave him money so he could register the game. And once you registered it, you were allowed to change different things. And we changed the names of the streets to like 
Electric Avenue or whatever. Just we personalized it. He allowed us to personalize it in any way we wanted. We changed the names of the drugs to like Spice or uh, you know Romulan Ale stuff like that. We I don't know. We we were pretty lame. <laughs> anyway, uh, here is a Qzar story that relates to Tim. After a while working at Qzar one night, we decided we were just like, let's see if we can take the uh, the backpacks outside. Now, where I live, sometimes at night, it gets really foggy. The fog gets really dense. It gets really thick. It's, uh, sometimes you can find, you can barely find your way through it. So, we took the, um, we just said, hey man, let's each grab a pack. And this was, you know, after closing. It was pretty late. And a lot of times, we would hang out there after uh, we were supposed to be shut down. Just hanging out inside playing video games, we, I don't know, it, at, that, that, at that point, it was a really great hangout, we would close, and we would stay in there and play games, we would play QZAR amongst ourselves, we would play pinball, and just, just hang out, it was a lot of fun, and I, you know, I was one of the supervisors, so it was, you know, it was me, and sometimes we'd even stand the clock and get some, some OT, but, uh, we decided one night, we're just like, hey man, let's take these, uh, backpacks and guns outside, and we'll see what, see what we can get into, and we went out, and we, we had a game in the, in the QSR parking lot, it was really fun, you could see the lasers cutting through the fog, that, that made it really exciting, it was like, it was like being in one of the, uh, QSR commercials, in QSR commercials, there's always smoke, they always smoke it up, so that you can see the colors of the laser going through, as a matter of fact, I was on the commercial for the, uh, QZAR. I cannot find it. I know that I taped it, and I know that I have the tape around here somewhere, and I want to find it so I can post it, but they, uh, they kind of coerced all the employees into being in the commercial. We had to wear the shiny QZAR jumpsuits that they provided to us. They were kind of strange. Real shiny. I felt like Mace or a Puff Daddy in one of those videos. I had the shiny suit syndrome, but they forced us into the suits, and then they filled the arena with, they got smoke thingers, you know, smoke, uh, blowers, and they, they filled the whole area with smoke, it was smoked up, like, you could barely see who you are, which made it a bit easier for me to be in the commercial, because I wore, like, a QZAR hat, and I pulled it low, and I figured, like, no one will recognize me in the smoke, but it was kind of fun, and they had us, like, come toward the camera, they're like, crouch low, and sort of slink in, you know, try to look like, a like, you're in combat, and we had to, like, slink in, and be like, pew, 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 shooting, I was like, try to hit the lens, try to hit the camera, and I remember they aired the commercial on TV50, that was our local network, it's now a Spanish language channel, which is kind of a bummer, they used to have local news and all sorts of fun stuff, but, um, now it is a Spanish language affiliate for, I think, Galavision, but I don't know, and they don't even show Lucha Libre on it, so it's not even, like, a cool Spanish channel, but, uh, they played it on Channel 50 all the time, and the Channel 50 is where I would watch my Star Trek Next Generation, they would play two episodes every day uh, between four and five, I guess four to six all together, and I had to be home to watch it, and they would always play the QZAR commercial during the episode, I guess. I guess that's how they had it planned. They're like, if you like Star Trek, you might like, uh, you might enjoy QZAR. But anyway, we were playing in the parking lot. We we're having like a one-on-one game, not, you know, team versus team. I don't even know why I said one-on-one. So we're having a game, and we're we're shooting it out, and... I keep getting hit, and I'm just like, I cannot figure out where this is coming from, because I felt like I had good cover, I don't see anyone around, and I kept getting hit, so, you know, I, I find that I'm frustrated, and I stand up, I'm just like, who is doing that? And I turn around, and my man Tim was up on the roof of Qzar with a, uh, 
a 40 ounce in one hand. He was a bit of a beer drinker at the time. I guess, uh, I guess we all kind of were. And he had a, you know, a country club 40 ounce and he's up on the roof with his laser in the other hand, just pew, 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 sniping me. It was a hilarious moment. I can always, I can always picture him up there just, you know, with the, with the four aught and the gun just busting caps on me, man. That was a good time. We, at different times, we took the equipment into different places. I remember there was a park nearby. We went and played in the park. We went and played in another parking lot. We played in a field. We did all, we were just taking them all the time and running around and QZARing it up. That, that was so much fun, man. We could have gotten, that could have turned serious. If one of us would have like fallen into a pond and destroyed the equipment, this stuff must have cost a fortune. I don't know. At the time, you don't even think about what might happen to you because you're just like, hey man, I got a country club 40 ounce. I got a laser tag backpack. I'm having a good time running around behind the McDonald's over near uh, the park. Uh, let's see, what is another good QZAR store? Oh, here's one. Uh, we live in an area that does not have a ton of celebrities, but there are celebrities that live in Marin County or in other, like, Bay Area places. So you do see people from time to time. I used to see Charles Schultz all the time. He lived here, but uh, I digress. Uh, so one day I'm working the QZAR counter with my man Tim, and Tim was kind of kind of a rocker dude, and he's he's sitting there drawing a Metallica logo on the back of a score sheet with a pencil when... Now, this is true. It's not going to sound true, but this is true. He's sitting there drawing the logo... When, uh, you know, the door chime goes off, meaning a customer comes in, and we look up, and it was Lars Ulrich and two girls, two, probably his daughters. Lars Ulrich from Metallica was standing right there in the doorway. Now, this is not an uncommon thing. I have seen Lars Ulrich at the flea market before, and I, I know that other people do see him out and about, but this was, um... His rep, you know, this is, people weren't, people liked Metallica, of course, but this was when I feel as if the backlash against Metallica was beginning. This is when I'm thinking, and this might be all wrong in the timeline because Metallica's done a few things that have turned fans off. There was a Napster thing. There was the haircuts when they all got haircuts. I think this was during the haircut thing where they uh, cut their hair short, which is who cares? But at the time, true metalheads were kind of up in arms about that. And my man Tim's drawing this logo, and he sees Lars come in, short hair and all. And Lars comes up to the counter, and he's polite. He's like, hi, you know, I have um, three people here who want to play. And he uh, looks down, and he sees Tim is drawing the Metallica logo. He sees it. I know he saw it. I saw him see it. And when Tim sees him see it, he crumpled it up crumpled it up right in front of dude crinkle and uh i you know to his credit lars ulrich no sold it he didn't react in any way he just kind of looked down and then looked back and he's like uh i'd like to get you know passes for three please and tim's like oh okay you know sold him the passes told him when the game was scheduled and went on as if nothing happened and i'm just like dude i can't believe you did that you crumpled it right in dude's face at the time it seemed like such a rebellious gesture. Now I see it. It's a bit, uh, well, it's not even a bit. It's very disrespectful to somebody who's made a lot of music that you enjoy. Just because he got a haircut doesn't mean you should diss him. Doesn't mean anything. It's his hair. He can do whatever he wants with it. Who even cares about somebody's hair? Dude is giving you a lot of music you like. And even though he may be a wiener, he might not uh, be somebody you love that much. 
you don't got a clown on him. You probably could have got him to sign the Metallica drawing and then you'd have it as an awesome memento. But at any rate, I bet he still has it in his mind that he dissed uh, good old Lars. And that's probably even a better memento than a sketch. I've never played laser tag, but after hearing that I felt like I have. I do admit that training video was too long and should have been edited out or at the very least made shorter. I left it in to illustrate how far I see robots has come as a producer. Nowadays that would have been 15 seconds. At the most. Did you notice how nervous he sounded? In the early days of the show he had problems with the talking part. He was always good on the board but it took years before he became a credible on-air talent. I'm not sure he was there at this point. It's interesting to hear how his voice changes over the years. It finally settled on the nasally drone that we all know and love. Let's jump into the last portion of today's show. From Toys R Us Report 163 I See Robots talks about toys and stuff he saw that week. August 2018. What else is going on? I still haven't found the Migos over at over at Target. I got a I got an inside source over there on the on the Facebook page. I I think you know who I'm talking about over there. Wink, wink. He said there's some things afoot. He said there was like 11 pallets of toys in the back. And I can, I can somewhat verify this. I was over at the, I was over at the Target looking for the Migos. We were going to um, Ohana, the Hawaiian barbecue place. And I'm like, we got to dip in because they're going to put them out any day now. And when they do, I'll, I'll miss it. So we, we ran up in there and... They were in the process of seemingly taking every, like, every shelf down. They were, they were really doing a number on the place. Tons of things were on clearance. And they were, like, they were, like, pounds and pallets and boxes and tons and tons of toys and boxes. I was, I was walking around and I overheard some, some other customer asking one of the, uh, one of the guys working there where they might find something. He said, I'm sorry, I don't really know right now. We... We're in the process of doing a complete overhaul of the of the toy section, and this is this is verified by my my Facebook source, who says that uh, he knows that they they're going to be stepping it up with with Toys R Us out of the picture. They're going to be stepping it up in a big way. It looks like it looks like they're going to get rid of everything and start fresh. And I am really looking forward to this. I wish it wasn't I wish it wasn't right now. I still want to find these these Migos. I need Chekhov. I need Sulu to complete my bridge set. And then I I think I want Jimi Hendrix. I think I want the Bella Lugosi Dracula as well. I also might want Action Man. I don't really want Tootie. I don't really want Alice. I I don't like the girl Migos too much. They they definitely start to drift into the realm of dolls. And while there is nothing, nothing wrong with a doll, I I don't really like it when an action figure has has rooted hair. It's weird to me. I think that. I think that if Alice had like hard plastic hair, like molded hair, I might, I might be more apt to buy her like, like the dude Migos have, but that's, that's Migos style. Migos have that rooted hair. I dig it, but I am not so sure I'll be getting them, but it is, it is possible. I do want the ones that I stated though. I really like the, uh, I really like the look of the Bella Lugosi Dracula. Oh, the Fonz. I also might want the Fonz. I told that story about missing out on the on the vintage Fonz back in the uh, day at the uh, at the flea market here in SR. I'm uh, I'm probably gonna keep addressing this Migo Migo relaunch. I understand they have two waves already set to go. This being the first, 
and then another wave of behind. I think this is great. I think this is really fun. It's something something to look at and be excited about with with Toys R Us shutting down. And I got I got a pick from my cousin in Australia. He he lives in Adelaide, and he he sent me this pick of of their Toys R Us was set to close in a week. I didn't. I had never really thought about the Australian Toys R Us for some reason. I guess I just lumped them in as lumped them in as safe, but they are they are going away as well. And he sent me a pic of that. You can find that on the Facebook page. That is uh Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. I I might also post that over on ICRobots.com. That's that's a nice that's a nice spicy meatball. What else? What else is going on? I, I got a few more G.I. Joes. I can talk about that. I hope that you guys enjoy this G.I. Joe talk. I got I got Dusty. Dusty is a 1985 release. He's the Desert Trooper. He was one he was one I've been saying I wanted. I, I've been poking around eBay. I like to I like to poke around eBay and look for look for bargains. And I found Dusty with his backpack for $8.99 chip. So I got that. I got that really quick, and then I went over to this other eBay store that I like to use that um that sells accessories, and I found Dusty's gun, and I got that for two ninety nine. It had another two dollars, so it's like four dollars altogether. So I got I got Dusty, and I was able to complete him for roughly like thirteen dollars. And if you look online, he'll he'll sometimes go for as high as thirty five bucks. Dusty is he's pretty neat. He has he has like this desert camouflage kind of motif, and he has a he has a piece of fabric on the back of his helmet to like protect his neck from the sun. He was the he was the first of the uh, real American heroes to have that to have that fabric in him, and I I think that's kind of neat. I always wanted him. I didn't I didn't have him in the day. He was one that I he was one I had my eye on. So I I was happy to pick him up. And then I went over I went over to this store in Rinkin Valley. It's called Legati's Comics and Games. I haven't I haven't talked about them before. I. I'm not really sure why. It's a it's a fine store. It has a lot of good stuff in it. I think I think the prices are a little bit high sometimes, but I understand uh, you know that's how it is in the in the world of retail. So I I don't go over there as much as I would as I would like. I like to be supportive to a uh, comic or a toy store. It's all it's all vintage stuff. He has a lot of great toys. He has tons of comics. I've bought I bought a butt ton of his Archies. He has. He has some comics at a high price. He has dollar comics. If I if I go and I look around and I don't find anything to buy, I'll always buy some dollar comics. Just to just you know, it's not a museum. You got to help out. So I bought a lot of these dollar Archies. But he's had a he has like a small display of um, loose GI Joe that I that I have my eye on, and I noticed that he had Chuckles. Chuckles is the GI Joe CIA operative in the movie. He was played by Don Johnson. He had the voice of Don Johnson. I like. I like Chuckles. He has like a Hawaiian shirt and some some khaki pants, and he has a holster with a pistol. I I was able to pick up Chuckles for eight dollars from Legati, and then he has like a small bin of accessories that are all a dollar each. And I I kind of dug around in there a little bit. I'm starting to get I'm starting to get a decent eye for these accessories, and I was able to find Chuckles is I was able to find his holster, not his gun, only his holster. So I got that for another. Another dollar. I'm looking online to find to find his gun at an affordable price, but it's a pistol. It's a very small pistol, and it seems like seems like it's easily lost. And the the prices on it are a a bit high. So until then, I I have him on my shelf, but I have him kind of angled away, so it looks like he's reaching into his holster. But you can't you can't see that there's no gun in there. I I'm pretty pleased with that so far. It was nine dollars, and then I 
then I dug around inside of uh, Legati's accessory bins and I was able to find the backpack and the computer for mainframe for two dollars, dollar each. I have I have a loose mainframe at home, so I was able to complete him for another two dollars. So I got I got Dusty, I got mainframe, and then I also got Chuckles. All all within a couple days. I'm pretty pleased about that. I don't have any GI Joes on order right now or any parts on order. I'm I'm kind of laying off. There's only so many that I want. And once I finish this, I'll have to like, I'll have to go on to some other obsession. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it slow, but I do have my eye on Buzzer. There's this, there's this Buzzer on eBay. He's one of the dreadnoughts. He's the one with the long, long blonde ponytail and the sunglasses. He has, he's the one with the chainsaw. He's the, he's the last of the G1 dreadnoughts that I need. The dreadnoughts are, they are Zartan's a biker gang affiliates. I, I like them. I've always thought they were funny. I think they're funny in the comics, how they always eat uh, donuts and grape soda. And I, I thought they were really great in the in the TV show when they formed, uh, formed Cold Slither. Action! We're Cold Slither. You'll be joining us soon. A band of vipers playing our tune. With an iron fist and a reptile's hiss, we shall rule. Was there ever a Cold Slither action figure set? Even, even like a convention exclusive or something? I don't even know. Is there? Let's, let's, uh, let's log on to the, the AOL and we'll go to, we'll go to the world's biggest marketplace, eBay, and we will, uh, let's, let's right, take an You've got mail. Taken longer than I anticipated. I am away from the mic or phone right now. I apologize. I am. I'm leaning in. I did a bit of um, did a bit of typing, and I came back. I hope that I hope that you can you can appreciate that. Um, let's see. Cold a slither. There are there is like a cold slither version of Zorana that was a. Uh, was a convention exclusive. It's basically Zorana in all black. It's a nice figure. I would, I would like to have that. They never, they never made the whole band, I guess. Um, let me, let me do a wider, wider search and we'll, we'll see. Um, a lot of customs and stuff, I guess. Um, uh, let's see. Did, here's something Joe Fest with cold slither figures, I guess. I guess these were customs too. Lots of really great customs, but no official ones. I, I imagine that there will be at at some point. And I'm actually surprised that there wasn't like a Joe Fest or like a like a collector club exclusive box set. That would that would be dope. I want them in the I want them in the scale of the absolute original a real American hero Joe's. I want like 1982 brittle plastic, no no twisty arms, nothing like that. I'm just kidding, but I do want them. I do want them at a real American hero scale when they come out. I I went to another wrestling show. I'm not gonna hit the I'm not gonna hit the wrestling alert because it's not gonna be that long of a story, don't worry. There was there was a Lucha Libre show. That's the uh wrestling from south of the border over at the over at the veterans building. There was like a big banner up that said Farmers Market Lucha Libre. There was a farmers market in the morning, Lucha Libre at night. Um my boy Gino Vega's friend John commented, overpriced eggs and arm drags. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. I, I went to both. I went to the farmer's market in the morning. We bought we bought some nectarines that were really good. We got some really small potatoes that were 
that were really good. We got a uh, pour over coffee that I thought was that I thought was great, and I had my eye on an this dude there was selling steaks, and these steaks looked they looked terrific. I I really wanted one super bad. I love I love a steak, but I. I didn't, uh, I didn't get one. I don't know why. Sometimes you just like, a steak would be delightful right now, but it's better to go a little bit of a longer distance between steaks just to, just to appreciate the steak to the, uh, to the maximum that you can. So we went there and then we, then we went back home for a couple hours. We actually played with Play-Doh a little bit, me and the, uh, the old wife. We kind of, we kind of goofed around with that for a few minutes. Then we went back, we went back to the, uh, veterans building for the, for the Lucha Libre. The reason we went was that the biggest draw in all of Lucha Libre, this, this guy that goes by the name of L.A. Park, otherwise known as La Parca, you might know him. He was in WCW. He dresses, he dresses like a skeleton. He hits people with chairs. He... He plays a chair like a guitar. He's he's the biggest draw in all of Mexico right now. And he was gonna come he was gonna come do a fight in Santa Rosa. I had to be there. The tickets were the tickets were only twenty bucks, which was which was awesome too, and it's not even a big building. So we we went down there, I bought my tickets online and I, I went to tournament. It seems like I may have been the only guy to do this because when I when I presented the the printout of the ticket to them, they they were flabbergasted, and in the in the mix-up, they somehow gave us they gave us ringside tickets, even though we only ordered, even though we only ordered general admission. I I am not one to take advantage of situations like this, but the the front row it wasn't like the ringside, as in directly front row. This was like the ringside section. It was rows rows three through five, and they were they were in no way full. Most people only. Most people only got the general admission. General admission was packed. The right up front was packed. But this like, this really great middle section was empty. So I didn't feel like I was taking a seat from somebody. So we, we stayed there. And this was like, this was maybe the closest I've ever been to a wrestling show. The, the ringside area was really small. So the, the chairs were seemingly like right up against the ring. We were, we were super close. If I was, if I was the type to like want to stick my arm out to get a high five, from the wrestlers, I would have completely been able to do so. I'm not, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get rejected. I don't want to stick my arm out and go, yo, the park, give me a high five and have him like look at me and just sort of front and walk by. I can't stand the rejection. So I don't even, I don't even try. The wife did. She, she got her, got a high five from the park, which I, which I appreciated. He, he put on a pretty good show. I was, I was, um, I was a little surprised. I thought maybe because this is like a small show in a small town, he might sort of, he might sort of mail it in, and he's not like he's not like the most athletic worker in the uh, universe at this point. But he put on a really fun show. He did all of his all of his signature spots. He hit some people with chairs. He played the chair like a guitar. He did the strut. It was fun for twenty five bucks. We uh, I mean twenty bucks, you know, like twenty five probably with the with the uh, service charge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's probably accurate. We had we had a super good time. We had some nachos. We watched like five five lucha libre matches, and then. As we were, uh, we were getting up to leave, I looked over and like, like two seats down from me was this guy, Vinny Massaro, who's, he's kind of a big name, local wrestler. I've been watching this dude on the local circuit for, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 years. He used to be a, a big wheel in the uh, APW back when that was in effect and out of, out of Hayward. And now he's done some, he's done some national stuff. I saw him just like, I saw him just the week before on Lucha Underground on El Rey. He got, he got slammed onto a pizza 
and was defeated. And I, I turned around, I'd been sitting next to dude for the whole time, and I said, hey, man, you're Vinny Massaro. And he, he perked up like, oh, great. A, uh, you know, somebody, somebody knows who I am. He, he's probably sitting there thinking, I've been here this whole time, and this guy doesn't even recognize he's sitting next to uh, the legendary Vinny Massaro. But I did. I did recognize him, and I, I talked to him for a little bit. He was super nice, really Really cool guy. He gave me a dap. He gave me a fist bump. He, he was cool, man. He smiled. He was he was happy. He stood up. He stood up and talked to me. He was a he was a cool guy. I I appreciated meeting meeting Vinny Massaro at the end of the uh, Lucha Libre night. It was like like a nice cap on the whole thing. Here's here's something interesting. In a few of the matches, the bad guys were like evil border patrol agents, and in one situation, they even had their own referee that came down with them. This referee, I forget his name, Rusty. Rusty something or another was, he's like very short, very stout, and he, he played the role of the villainous referee, so to the T, he had, he had suspenders, he kept pulling on, and he kept pretending like, he doesn't see it when the, uh, when the, the ICE agents were cheating, he doesn't see it when, doesn't see it when the luchadors go for a pin, he only sees it when like, his guys go for a pin, but in the end, the luchadors prevailed, so there was, there was, uh, there was like a happy ending to that, the, the kid 2.0 didn't want to come, and I, I kind of felt like after after that great New Japan show that I I didn't want to have her get get like get like yucked out on wrestling by watching some uh, third rate Lucha Libre show at the Veterans Building. But it turned out to be great. She should have come. She would have had a great time. The audience was fun. They were they were blowing those horns and shaking those shaker things. I, I had a great time, man. I'll I'll definitely go back again. This is my second time seeing the Lucha at the Veterans Building. The last time we saw Atlantis, we saw. We saw the villainous El Hijo del Trump. We saw him get defeated. We saw him get his wig knocked off. This time he got to see some ICE agents knocked out. Real interesting, real interesting, super, super fun show. I, I like any event that is that is inside Santa Rosa. I only had to go like five, ten minutes to the to the vet's building. So I, I don't know, man. Like, And then the next day... I went to the flea market at the vet's building. I was thinking how wacky that was. I'm like, I am always at this. I am always at this silly place. I, I guess I like it. I don't know. I like, I like local things. What else? I don't know. I found, I found a couple Star Warses at the, at the flea market the other day. I got the, uh, I got the Hoth, uh, Rebel Trooper. I got Bib Fortuna and I got, I got the Emperor. These are, I'm thinking like, what is that? That's like Bib Fortuna is from Return. The, uh, Hoth is from Empire and the, the Emperor is from Return. I was, I was pretty stoked. This guy had them all, he had them in a bag. I, I picked up the bag and I'm like, look, there's three real Star Warses amongst all these, amongst all these other weird Star Wars parts. And I, I said, how much do you want for these? Like six bucks. I'm like, hey, here you go. Here's six bucks. And I, and I only want these three. So I took them out and I gave them back and he, he seemed pretty happy. He's like, I'll, I'll sell these again. I'm like, good for you. He also had a, he also had a chicken walker. I, I think those are from Return as well. I I kind of liked it. I think he wanted ten dollars for it, but I I wasn't sure if it if it had a hatch or not. This one was like opened on the top. I'm away from the mic right now. I'm I'm looking for the uh, the info on the on the chicken walker. Yeah, it looks like no. I don't know. No, there is there is supposed to be a hatch, but you know what? It looks like that hatch was actually actually there. I don't think that it closes all the way. I am not an expert at all in Star Wars's vehicles by by any stretch. I don't even know what the official name ATST. That's what a 
that's what a chicken walker is. Those are those uh, two-legged ones. I, I like those. I, I might buy that. If I go, it, this is the other flea market, the Sebastopol flea market. If I go down there and he has it next week, I might, I might see if he'll take like five bucks for it. I, I think he probably ended up selling it. He had like, he had like a neat bin with a bunch of Star Wars vehicles. He had a chicken walker. I saw, I think I saw like parts of an A-wing and I think... I think it was uh, the Dagobah playset, but only only in parts. And I don't even know if, like, when I see these things, I never know if they're if they're complete. I don't know all the parts. I don't know. I don't know a ton about vintage Star Warses. I can recognize them to a degree, but I don't know. I don't know all the parts. So I, I think he wanted like thirty for the whole thing, but I am just like I don't even want to get involved with this. I don't. I don't have room for Chicken Walker, but I do have room. For these three figures, I gotta get the guns for him. Uh, one of them has a pistol. Bib Fortuna is, he's that blue grody guy that hangs out with Jabba the Hutt in um, Jabba the Hutt's uh, playset. I I put him inside the Jabba the Hutt playset box that I have. That's the only boxed, only boxed Star Warses that I have is the Jabba the Hutt playset. I, I don't know what else is going on. I think that, I think that that might, uh, that might be it. Let's Icy Robot signing off for... I don't know what I'm signing off for. I made this one, uh, I made this one all by myself using sound bites. I'm down here on the Earth base. It's boring. Don't know how long it's gonna be until they take care of those space fleas. So until, until next time, if you don't know, now you know. This has been I See Robots Radio Production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. KBHK TV 44, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Bay Area Cable 12.